He stood up to go home and slowly sat down again, for he had his teeth in the problem and he couldn't let go. Not that he was really accomplishing anything, but if he left now, he'd only have to take it up again tomorrow. Go or stay? And the branchings began again. Gene Trimble thought of other universes parallel to this one, and a parallel Gene Trimble in each one. Some had left early, many had left on time, and were now halfway home to dinner, out to a movie, watching a strip show, racing to the scene of another death, streaming out of police headquarters in all their multitudes, leaving a multitude of Trimbles behind them, each of these trying to deal alone with the city's endless, inexplicable parade of suicides. Gene Trimble spread the morning paper on his desk. From the bottom drawer, he took his gun-cleaning equipment, then his forty-five. He began to take the gun apart. The gun was old, but serviceable. He'd never fired it except on the target range and never expected to. To Trimble, cleaning his gun was like knitting, a way to keep his hands busy while his mind wandered off. Turn the screws, don't lose them, lay the parts out in order. Through the closed door to his office came the sounds of men hurrying. Another emergency? The department couldn't handle it all. Too many suicides, too many casual murders, not enough men. Gun oil, oiled rag, wipe each part, put it back in place. Why would a man like Ambrose Harmon go off a building? In the early morning light he lay, more a stain than a man, thirty-six stories below the edge of his own penthouse roof. The pavement was splattered red for yards around him. The stains were still wet. Harmon had landed on his face. He wore a bright silk dressing gown and a sleeping jacket with a sash. Others would take samples of his blood to learn if he had acted under the influence of alcohol or drugs. There was little to be learned from seeing him in his present condition. But why was he up so early? Trimble wondered, for the call had come in at 8.03, just as Trimble arrived at headquarters. So late, you mean? Bentley had beaten him to the scene by twenty minutes. We called some of his friends. He was at an all-night poker game. Broke up around six o'clock. Did Harmon lose? Nope. He won almost five hundred bucks. That fits, Trimble said in disgust. No suicide note? Maybe they found one. Shall we go up and see? We won't find a note, Trimble predicted. Even three months earlier, Trimble would have thought, how incredible, or who could have pushed him? Now, riding up in the elevator, he thought only, reporters, for Ambrose Harmon was news. Even among this past year's epidemic of suicides, Ambrose Harmon's death would stand out like Lyndon Johnson in a lineup. He was a prominent member of the community, a man of dead and wealthy grandparents. Perhaps the huge inheritance four years ago had gone to his head. He had invested tremendous sums to back harebrained quixotic causes. Now, because one of the harebrained causes had paid off, he was richer than ever. The Crosstime Corporation already held a score of patents on inventions imported from alternate time tracks. Already those inventions had started more than one industrial revolution, and Harmon was the money behind Crosstime. He would have been the world's next billionaire had he not walked off his balcony. They found a roomy, luxuriously furnished apartment in good order and a bed turned down for the night. The only sign of disorder was the clothing. Slacks, sweater, a silk turtleneck shirt, knee-length shoe socks, no underwear, piled on a chair in the bedroom. The toothbrush had been used. 
He got ready for bed, Trimble thought. He brushed his teeth, and then he went out to look at the sunrise. A man who kept late hours like that, he wouldn't see the sunrise very often. He watched the sunrise, and when it was over, he jumped. Why? They were all like that. Easy, spontaneous decisions. The victim killers walked off bridges or stepped from their balconies or suddenly flung themselves in front of subway trains. They strolled halfway across a freeway or swallowed a full bottle of laudanum. None of the methods showed previous planning. Whatever was used, the victim had had it all along. He never actually went out and bought a suicide weapon. The victim rarely dressed for the occasion or used makeup as an ordinary suicide would. Usually there was no note. Harmon fit the pattern perfectly. Like Richard Corey, said Bentley. Who? Richard Corey, the man who had everything. And Richard Corey won...